0: All right. Good morning, everyone. It's so good to be back after having been gone for three years. And when we were talking about who we're thankful for, like we are so thankful for each and every one of you to have people praying for us, um, giving, supporting our Myanmar team in Thailand and in Myanmar. It really means the world to us. And we're also thankful to have so much family here this morning. This doesn't usually happen when we're traveling across Canada, but... (laughs) But, yeah, lots to praise God for this morning, and we're excited to share a lot of those stories with you.
1: Yeah. So, we've been gone for a while, right? Uh, Three years, and it's been a crazy three years here, and it's been a crazy three years there. So, just real quick, we're going to do some reintroductions. We're Jeremy and Adrian. Hi. (laughs) It's been a while. Uh, We're so glad to be here. Um, Our two kids are somewhere that way, uh, having fun with lots of other kids. And uh, that's such a blessing, like kids' ministry on a Sunday morning. We're really blessed by this all across Canada. It's, uh, it's amazing. And so we, uh, we serve and we church plant and we uh, resource uh, national Myanmar men and women to, to plant churches and reach their people in Thailand and Myanmar. Um, there's 2.5 million Myanmar people in Thailand running the factory system, and then there's 60 million in Myanmar. And uh, between the two countries, God has just opened an amazing door for ministry, opened a door for uh, transformation. Uh, and so we're just blessed to be a part of what God is doing out there. And praise the Lord, God is doing something out there. He's doing some amazing, amazing things. We're seeing in this season uh, of COVID, uh, in this season of the a coup in in uh, Myanmar, we're seeing more multiplication and more fruit than uh, we ever have. Uh, you know, we first came out here to connect with you guys seven years ago, I think, a um, long time ago. And at that time, we were kind of just launching, just stepping out. And, you know, at that time, there was a baby church in Thailand. There were two baby church plants kind of spreading off of that. There were about 60 believers, and there were about six baby church planters. And that was the world that we stepped into. And praise the Lord, uh, by God's grace, we're running with a team of 60 national church planters right now, resourcing them and, and making their ministry a success. Uh, we're running with 24 Myanmar churches between the two countries and uh, sitting at around 1,000 believers between, the, between all the locations scattered among the rice fields of Thailand, the factory system, the mountains and the jungles of Myanmar. And so God has been doing an amazing work, and we're just excited to be able to To share a little bit about that. And so, yeah, we've been out for seven years. It's hard to believe, but uh, but God's been really, really faithful. I mean, we went out as super young people, and we're still super young people, praise the Lord. But now we have two kids over there and one kid over here, and this is a boy. uh, So we're very excited, and it's coming in December. So you can praise and pray pray for us. Um, But yeah, I mean, really the vision of what we do every single day, is we wake up and we just ask the Lord, God, what do you have for us today? And how can we make the team that we work with, this large group of Myanmar men and women who have a passion and a desire to reach their people for the gospel, how can we make their vision a success? How can we make their ministry um, more impactful? How can we expand their reach? How can we encourage them today? And how can we, you know, build systems together that make this multiplication thing a reality. And so, uh, yeah, we're just pumped to be here this morning and also really excited to be here kind of as representatives of this team. Uh, And this is just a small part of the team. Uh, This team of 60 people, people that are toiling away for the gospel in absolute anonymity, people that may never uh, be known or recognized in any part of the world besides the small corner where they are in ministry. And so, one of our greatest privileges is actually to represent them to you, to hold them up, to hold their stories up to you, and to say this is what God is doing through these people. Through us, yes, to some extent, but you know, God is using this team, these people who have said, I will give everything for the gospel. And he's using them to, to create change and multiplication and transformation in communities. And so, we're honored to work with them, and we're honored to be able to share some of their stories with you.
0: Yeah, so it's been quite the three years. Um, Just to give a little bit of a, what have we walked through in the last season? I mean, the pandemic, it was hard in all areas of the world, I think, for very different reasons. But it was really challenging for our team in Thailand. With Myanmar migrant workers, you know, working the factory system of Thailand, the bulk of the factories, actually, when COVID hit, closed their doors. Factory owners went back to, you know, China, Japan, wherever they were from. Just said, you know, we're done for a season, which meant the loss of jobs for, like, thousands and thousands of our friends, our church members, people we were reaching out to. And, and there was just, like, nothing for them to fall back on in Thai society. And so, like, loss of income, livelihood, they were scattered. Our churches were kind of emptied overnight. People went all over the country looking just desperate for any kind of job, any kind of work. And so that was really challenging The factories that did stay open um, locked their workers into the compound for anywhere from 8 to 10 to 12 months. And some of them were fed okay, some of them weren't. And so we spent almost two years just doing a lot of relief and food drop-offs to people that were starving in kind of all parts of of our area. And it was was challenging in so many ways. And shortly after that, um, the coup happened in Myanmar, and the military overthrew the democratic government, and there's been ongoing, brutal civil war ever since. And unfortunately, it's getting worse by the day. People are going out now into the jungle and being trained with militia groups now to fight back. It's no longer peaceful protesting, and just brutal loss of life. And so this has meant, I mean, our dear friends, the people that that we love so much, just on the run for their lives, Scattered, villages being burned, just, you know, shooting whoever's in sight. And and for our team in Thailand, like, this is their family, their brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, mothers, fathers. And, and it's been really, really hard. And we just cry out to the Lord and just say, like, when is this injustice going to stop? These are your people. Um, yeah, and so the situation in Myanmar has meant a flood of refugees coming into Thailand, which is great that there's somewhere for them to go, but Thailand doesn't have the, the economic support for them right now, and so there's, our churches in, in Thailand are full of a lot of people with no jobs, looking for food, and, and it's a blessing to be able to meet the needs of a small percentage of those people, to feed them, to share the gospel, to meet needs spiritually and physically, but it's, it's challenging. Um, you throw in, on top of that, one of the main leaders we worked with, um, for the last 10 to 12 years, fell morally just in this last season and is no longer with us. And that's had a huge impact on our team. We're still grieving that. On top of that, you know, COVID, the stress of living in another culture, being pregnant, being sick, now touring North America, like it's been a little bit of a crazy three years. (laughs) But that is not the only list I have for you, praise the Lord. We have also never seen fruit like we have in the last three years. The church in Thailand, in spite of everything it's going through, is thriving. Our team has grown to this new level of maturity, unity, and strength like I've never seen before. Just before we flew to Canada in June, um, about two weeks, I think, before we got on the plane, we commissioned eight brand new church planting apprentices. As of August, they have completed kind of three months of Bible school training And now we're being dropped into new communities in central Thailand to start brand new church plants, which is super exciting. And we were like, man, like, too bad we're leaving now, but bless you. (laughs) But we're super excited with what they're doing and what they're stepping into. We've seen hundreds of baptisms and tons of people come to the Lord in this last season. Um, New churches in two cities, over a dozen new kind of like small house church groups that have started meeting Lots in, like, these new factories where believers were scattered to when they lost their jobs. In Myanmar, in spite of everything, in spite of the intense suffering, the church has actually tripled in terms of its numbers of believers. And people are just desperate for hope, and they're finding Jesus in the midst of that. The number of church planters has grown, like Jeremy said, to over 60 already. And we're actually working right now to establish ourselves as a conference An MB conference of Myanmar churches, both in Myanmar and Thailand, which is really, really exciting for us. And so God is just doing this mighty, mighty work. The church continues to grow. Disciples are multiplying. People are encountering the hope of the gospel as Jesus meets them in hopeless situations. And as believers, I think, we're always holding these two things in tension. On one hand, you know, the good news, the joy, the hope of the gospel And on the other hand, the suffering that we experience, the brokenness of the world around us. And so often, it's in the situations that feel the most hopeless. That's exactly where we see God intervene in the most miraculous ways and bring about transformation beyond what we ever could have dreamed. And so, this isn't because of of us, our ability, it's not because of amazing strategy or planning. It's because Jesus the God we serve is on mission in this world. And he's inviting us not just not just us the two of us, all of us, all of you to join him in that work, to redeem his people, to redeem the nations. And so we've seen this incredible fruit and growth in our team. And at the same time we can honestly say it's been the most difficult 3 years of our lives, both in ministry personally and I mean in worldwide events. And it's only, only by God's grace that we are where we are. That we, our team, this beautiful cluster of Myanmar churches, that they're still standing. God has done something amazing, and it is all because of the gospel. This good news of the gospel is really, really, really good, especially in our brokenness and our suffering. And so we want to make you guys talk to each other a little bit. <laughs> We like it when it's interactive. And so before we jump into our passage, I want you to turn to your neighbor, the person next to you, whatever, a little group, and just share one way you've experienced hardship, suffering in this last season, and it doesn't matter how big or how small that is. And then one thing you've you've celebrated, a high, something really great, what has God done in your life recently? Go. Go.
1: Well, I'm, uh, I'm glad you guys like each other, I'm glad you guys enjoy talking to each other. That is a, a positive to see. But uh, we're going to continue on this morning, and we're going to jump into a passage, one passage in one book in one amazing Bible that talks about uh, something that we feel is, is pretty important in our, in our lives right now, and that is the gospel, uh, this good news that God has given us, good news in our lives, good news in our brokenness. And uh, when we look at the Bible, it's full of good news—the best news, absolute uh, crazy news for us. Um, and we could, you know, pick any chapter, any passage, really, in the Scriptures, and we could um, we could focus on it. But today we're going to read from Romans five, uh, verses one to eleven. We're just going to take a look at. Uh, what, what the gospel is and remind ourselves of that because this is something that people in Thailand and Myanmar are encountering for the first time. And so if we can like think back to the first time that we heard good news, this good news of Jesus, and like make a make a switch in our brains to, to hear this like we heard it the first time uh, and just put yourself in the position of a Myanmar person who is experiencing this for the very first time, Um, we're going to read from chapter 5, verses 1 to 11 this morning. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand, and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice, too, when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And Endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us, because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, ...though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son while we were still his enemies, we can certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends with God, made us friends of God, so this is the question that we 've been asking all the, all the churches, everyone that we 're talking to across Canada and America as we 've been uh, spending this wonderful season in in North America, you know what is the gospel? what is good news right now and it's uh, It's incredible to read a passage so short, a passage so small, but so filled with the incredible truth of who God is in our lives and what he means to us. And so just in this one passage, we see some incredible statements, incredible statements. We've been made right in God's sight. We have peace with God. We've been brought into a place of undeserved privilege. We've, we are looking forward to sharing God's glory. We are rejoicing in suffering. We have a hope that does not disappoint. It says here that God loves us. He's given us the Holy Spirit and filled us with his love. He died for us when we were helpless, when we were sinners, when we were his enemies. We're made right by his blood and by his suffering. We're saved from condemnation, and our friendship with God is restored. We're brought into this place, into relationship with God, not because of who we are or what we can do, but because God wants to be with his children. And so reading this passage, even one of those statements is an incredible truth, amazing news, really, really good news. But together, they paint a picture of a God whose love is enormous and is directed directly at us. The gospel is good news to us, and we don't deserve it, and we don't understand it, and we can't really measure up to it, and that's the point. The good news that the world needs to hear is this, that the God who created them loves them. And he's never stopped loving them or pursuing their hearts, and he wants to be in a relationship with them. And his greatest desire is to be with his children. And he's able to break the chains of bondage and addiction in our lives, bring us new life, fill us with peace and joy and hope, and change our situations. And so reading this list, we see we see a God who is really, really good, a God whose focus and whose... Desire is for transformation in our lives, for us to be brought back into a relationship with him, to have a relationship as creator with his created family. But the thing is we're really, really good at complicating the gospel. I think everyone here can, uh, can attest to that. We add little stipulations and rules and we make it a little bit more about us and our works and our goodness and maybe a little bit less about God and his, and his grace reminding ourselves every day that, you know, God loves little, good little boys and girls who do good things, and maybe he doesn't so much like people who do bad things. But the thing is, the gospel has so very little to do with us. Um, can I get an amen? Praise the Lord. Because we are broken, and we are sinful, and we are weak. We are imperfect image bearers of a perfect God. And in spite of all this, in spite of all the things that we've done to break that relationship, he keeps drawing us closer. And he still loves us. And in spite of that, he forgives us. And on top of that, he chooses us to enter into mission, into his mission to save the world as partners in the gospel, as ambassadors of new life, as people who have experienced radical transformation and who have to tell people about it. And that's why we are in Thailand and in Myanmar. That's why we're doing what we're doing. And that's why God has you in this position with the people that you are in relationship with, with the circle of influence that you have, um, to shine his love, to share his message, to be good news people to every, peop- to every person we meet. And so as we've been studying this gospel, as, we've been, you know, as we were preparing to come to North America, we were reminding ourselves of what we're about, and we can't help but notice this connection between suffering and surrender, this connection between suffering and the good news, and the only response we have, you know, in light of how good God is, in light of Christ's mercy, is this total laying down of our lives, um, our rights, our privilege, our entire beings, because God is worth it. He has done so much for us. He has given us new life, and uh, our lives are his in return. And, uh, you know, sometimes we can we can just make it complicated. We can make it so much about about us. But praise the Lord that, you know, God being good or not doesn't depend on me, and uh, whether or not he can save me doesn't depend on how much good or bad I've done, and that's a big deal, especially for a Buddhist or an animist coming from uh, Myanmar or Thailand, where that's the worldview that they've grown up with, the fact that, you know, they have to perform, they have to do more good things than bad things, and they know for a fact that that's an unattainable goal, and so they're they're trapped in this cycle of of death, this this cycle of hopelessness where they know the bar and they know how far below it they are. Um, And so when they encounter the good news, when they encounter the gospel, it's like the light switch being switched on in the room. It's like there is another way to live life. There is another uh, path to take. And there's actually someone out there who loves you enough to take all these burdens that you've been carrying and put them on his own shoulders. Um, and so we're, we're just privileged to, to work, work and, and serve alongside this team of Myanmar men and women. I want to tell a quick story uh, about Sema Janu. She's the one in the middle. Uh, she's an awesome, awesome church planter. She's on the border in Mesot City. Um, her kids serve alongside her. And so this, uh, this last Christmas, we finally were able to, to do Christmas outreaches again after not being able to for two years. And so everyone just went all out. It was like open season on party time. We did 34 uh, Christmas events in two weeks. Full evening, three to four hour events, 34 of them. And it was amazing. All the churches, they cooked, they invited their friends, they threw a huge party all over the place. And it was a wild ride. And so after that crazy two-week period, we gathered everyone together and we were hearing stories. And Say Janu was like, It was amazing, you know. We invited 350 people to our church and they all came and you know we were getting ready and I was just like, how can we make the food a little bit better? How can we make the presents a little bit awesomer? How can we have better decorations? And so she kept going into her house and you know giving more money to different things and and giving away her stuff. And then, you know, by the time Christmas party was over, every single person there had encountered Jesus and she had nothing left in her house or in her in her wallet. And uh, so we were talking together, and she's like, you know, we just gave it all away for Jesus, for the gospel, we just gave it all away, and that's fantastic. And I don't know what we're going to do tomorrow, so like, Jesus could come back, and that would be great, because uh, we're kind of running on empty here, but we're just so excited that we got to do this for Jesus, that we got to have this party, that we got to invite our friends and we got to make it so special, and this is the kind of people that we that we serve with—people like Sayma Janu, who think nothing of literally emptying the the piggy bank, right, for the sake of the gospel to make to make things uh, that much more engaging and exciting at, at Christmas time. Yeah.
0: And so the call of Christ, in light of all that He's done for us, in light of this gospel message, is to lay ourselves down and say, "Here I am, Lord, all of me." be it your, your piggy bank like say, Majanu, but even more than that, he just wants our entire being, our gifts, our abilities, all that we are unto his kingdom cause. And so we're going to look at another passage of scripture this morning, uh, John 12, 24 to 26. It's on the screen, so why don't we read it out loud all together. I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. But its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. Those who love their life in this world will lose it. Those who care nothing for their life in this world will keep it for eternity. Anyone who wants to serve me must follow me, because my servants must be where I am. And the Father will honor anyone who serves me. Amen. So it says, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. And so there's this clear call from Jesus to come and die. And we've lived this personally over the years, dying to our ability to communicate, to speak a language, you know, to be able to express yourself in a way that makes sense. Um, Dying to this ability to be effective, to be able to serve with the gifts we had because We no longer had the ability to do that in a way that was understood. Dying to all that is familiar, be it culture, language, you know, living, food, everything. Dying to comfort. And yet we've seen our Myanmar team die to even more, to to security for their family, to safety, status, power, all for the sake of the gospel going forth. That even one person might come to know Jesus but it's not a fun thing to die. Like, I don't see anyone that's like, yep, sign me up, death, that sounds great. It's not, it's not something we want. Our human nature wants to avoid suffering at all costs. Why would we choose to be uncomfortable? Why would we want to give up something or everything? But this dying is not in vain, and it's not without purpose. It is unto this great multiplication. It says, its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. And so this is what it's unto, this kingdom transformation, fruit, new disciples, people encountering the gospel. And we see all throughout scripture this trend of the gospel hand in hand with suffering. Christ and the cross, I mean, our our biggest and the most obvious example, Paul and Silas in jail singing praises in the midst of their suffering, the disciples in acts, I think it says multiple times, we counted it a joy to suffer as our Lord did. Paul's multiple arrests, his beatings, his time in jail, Peter and John ultimately losing their life for this gospel message, and the list goes on. I'm sure you can think of many other examples, but the big story in all of that is that it's worth it It's worth it for the plentiful harvest of new lives. It's worth it for the glory of our Lord. And so I want to share a story. With Myanmar being what it is, um, we've received countless texts, phone calls, emails over the last two years of, of people running into the jungle for the night, fleeing, you know, hey, the military have come in to our village, you know, like guns, bombs, burning stuff down, we're just going to go. We're going to hide out for the night, you know, maybe a couple nights. We'll go back when it's safe. Please pray for us. And it's, it's heartbreaking. And so one day we got um, a video, actually, one of our pastors who's way up in kind of western Myanmar, an area that's not actually, like, the Civil War isn't new for them. There's been ongoing civil war in his area for years and years. And he chose to plant his family there with his young daughter and just said, like, this area desperately needs Jesus. And I'm going to just like lay it on the line that even some might encounter him. And so this family that just like is surrendered in this the most beautiful way for the gospel. And so he sends us this video, him and the whole village running. There's gunfire going off. The military's there. And he's like, pray for us. You know, like shaky cam. And then it goes silent. And it goes silent for about three or four days. And we are just like, on our knees, just interceding, like, Lord have mercy, would you protect them, and, and mobilizing prayer all over the world, you know, Canada, North America, Myanmar, Thailand, Asia, like, anyone that prays, like, we're like, please, please pray, and after four days of silence, all of a sudden, we just get this picture, and Pastor Samuel says, it was great, you know, like, we had all these people in the jungle, nowhere to go, captive audience for the gospel for three days and he's like i preached and i shared about the hope of jesus christ and we baptized 14 people in the river out in the middle of nowhere and we don't know what we're going back to we have no idea what our village looks like no idea what's left but we have a hope beyond any of that these people have encountered jesus amen right i know we're mb but you can say amen and like cheer a little bit (laughs) and it was just beautiful Um, in April, April is like Thai, Myanmar, New Year's, typically before the pandemic, it's like a week long water fight. Everyone's just like soaking each other, throwing powder on each other, a little bit of a party, a little bit chaotic. Sometimes you don't want to leave your house, but, but anyway, (laughs) April. So this is a time where often people have some time off work, which doesn't happen very often. And so this is a big outreach and evangelism time for our team and our churches and so this last April, you know, the water fight wasn't really happening yet. We're still kind of recovering from the pandemic. But, but our leaders in Myanmar decided, you know, our churches are kind of scattered all over the country. They're pretty far. They don't have a lot of opportunities to gather together, short of Zoom, which, you know, has been amazing to bring everyone together. But, but anyway, they were like, what if we do this huge discipleship camp? We gather all these people together up on the coffee mountain It's pretty safe there. You know, the military haven't seemed to come up that way yet. And and so they were like, this is great. We can invite all of our not-yet-believing friends and neighbors. They'll encounter Jesus. And so so our team was traveling. We had given them a little bit of money for, like, a bus. They were traveling to the base of this mountain. And four pastors were meeting in a room late at night, just, like, dreaming, talking, praying, like, what is God going to do at this camp? It's going to be great. But 11 p.m., the doors kicked down, and the military entered and arrested all four of our leaders and just hauled them off, threw them in a cell, and and pastor pastor we'll call him Pastor Daniel. um, He he looks around the cell. There's a ton of other men in there, all of their faces beaten, bloodied, bruised, and he's just like, what what have these men been through in the last 24 hours? And so they were fearful, like, God, what, what is going to happen to us? This wasn't our plan. Like, we were going to reach people with the hope of the gospel, and now here we are in this cell. And so we heard from our team and immediately just started, like, you know, praying, getting people praying around the world. After the second night of them being captured, still no news, one of these pastor's wives called us just in tears. And we didn't have to ask her why, why she was worried we know what the military is capable of. Interrogation, intimidation, torture, death, those are the rules they play by. And so we just ask God, would you give our men courage and faith? And would they feel your presence? Finally, after four days, kind of our, one of our main leaders was able to go down the mountain, pay a bribe to the military, get these guys out. And after Pastor Daniel just said, you know, like, I got to tell you the story. The police, you know, pushed us in. They saw everyone beaten. They were terrified. The next day, they were all taken one by one. They were interrogated. All of a sudden, one of the men sitting in the cell just, like, pointed the finger at our group of pastors and, like, yeah, these guys, you know, they're fighting with the People's Defense Force, like, armed resistance. And our pastors were shocked. They're not a part of anything like that. You know, they're just preaching the gospel everywhere they go. But, but this man was so desperate to escape more torture that he just kind of like pointed the finger at whoever was closest. And so immediately when he said that, a bunch of our leaders were hauled off and interrogated. And Pastor Daniel was left sitting in that cell and just like felt sick with fear, like what is going to happen to these men? What's going to happen to us? But as he was praying, he was feeling angry, you know, at these men who had falsely accused his friends But then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, And when are you going to tell all these boys about me and the hope that you have? When are you going to tell them about the wonderful things I have done for you? Can't you see how scared they are? And so Pastor Daniel, convicted by his lack of compassion, just started sharing the gospel with these men and just said, I want to tell you what my life was like before I met Christ. When I was in Thailand working in a factory, Encountered hope. He freed me from addiction. And I've come back to serve him here. And just the the love and the power of God. After a short time had passed, a guard came back in and said, All right, pastors, you know, someone's going to pay the price for you. Like, you're going to be released tomorrow. And Pastor Daniel was like, Whew, you know, like, big sigh of relief. But then the Holy Spirit spoke to him again and was like, All right, like, you have 24 hours. Like, you better preach. (laughs) Only one more day. And so our leaders were all um, released. I mean, everything they owned was taken, their money, wallets, ID, everything but the clothes on their back. But they left that cell rejoicing and praising God for the opportunity to bring the gospel into another hard place, for the chance to go up the mountain the next day, just in time to join the end of the party. Tons of people came to the Lord on the coffee mountain that weekend. They celebrated Easter, and you can be assured it was a huge party. And so, back to our passage, those who love their life in this world will lose it. Those who care nothing for their life in this world will keep it for eternity. And so this is a new kind of upside-down kingdom, Jesus' way of thinking. Rather than cling to control, security, life, liberty, whatever the thing it is that you love to hang on to, we all have something. Jesus calls us to just lay it down at his feet for his sake, to follow him. But we can do so, so full of hope, knowing that our God is faithful, he is trustworthy, he is always calling people to himself. And with all that Christ has done for us, there is no other logical response. He gave himself, he suffered, and it is our absolute joy and privilege to follow him down that same road that even some may come to know him. And so anyone who wants to serve me must follow me because my servants must be where I am and the Father will honor anyone who serves me. And so when we claim to be followers of Jesus, we must be where he is. And where is that? It's, it's everywhere. <laughs> it's in far off places, Myanmar, Thailand, the middle of the jungle, strange locations on distant continents. But it's also here in Simcoe, Ontario or wherever you may be from in this area, living on mission with Jesus. He is moving here as well. He is doing a mighty work. He is drawing people to himself. The same God that is doing all of these miraculous things and multiplying disciples in Southeast Asia is moving and working here in our midst and calling each of us to join him in that work. In dark and broken places everywhere where hopeless people wait for a savior, That is where God is calling us.
1: And for me, when I read this passage, uh, I'm very thankful for that last piece uh, where it says, if you want to serve me, you must follow me because my servants must be where I am. Um, And that's good news for us because there is no place that Jesus calls us into where the Spirit of God has not already gone before us. There is no work. There is no mission. There is no job that he is calling us into where he hasn't prepared the way where you know, there's no place where the Spirit of God will send us uh, where God is going to say I have no idea what's waiting over there. Good luck. You're on your own. Like that, that doesn't happen. Praise the Lord because it is mostly Him. It's very little us. It's all about the Spirit of God moving into new places, taking new ground, preparing the way. And so we're, we're just a small, a small part of that. You know, the Spirit is inviting us to walk with him into the places that he has prepared. And here's a scary thought. Um, Every single one of us is a missionary. Oh my. Uh, The word missionary has so many connotations and for so many of us, it's like missionaries are people who go way far away and tell people about Jesus. And the word missionary literally just means someone who is on mission with Jesus or someone who has made the mission of God, the mission of Jesus into their life's work. And so a missionary is someone who has agreed to step into partnership with Jesus in his mission to save the world. And so if we carry the Holy Spirit in us, then we're called and we're equipped and we're sent by God on his mission to change the world. And unfortunately for us, uh, it's not a case of are we called or not because so many of us think you know God wants professionals, God wants people who are good at doing the stuff for Him, people that know their Bible, people that can preach real good, people that you know are fantastic and super spiritual. but the reality is that God is calling everybody to into his into his mission he's calling everybody into his uh, into his plan for humanity. And so it's not, are you called or not? It's, will we answer or not? And so look at us, right? Not too terribly special. Uh, and look what God can do with a couple of normal people, right? When you say, I'm all in. And so we're not like super Christians. We're super available. And that's the key uh, to, to what, God, what God's doing. And so we're listening to the Holy Spirit every day. And we're saying, yes even when we're scared, which is all the time. Uh, and We've surrendered our lives and our families and our abilities to the mission of God and praise the Lord, he's honoring that sacrifice because he always does. When we, when we give of ourselves, of our time and of our ability, God is there and the spirit is there to take that little bit that we offer, that small sacrifice, that small um, surrender, that small gift for his kingdom, he's there to take it and multiply it Because he's the one who's in control, and he's the one who's doing the work. And praise the Lord, we get to to do it along with him. And so we're going to talk to each other again a little bit. And I just want to encourage you to talk together and discuss what is God calling you to surrender into his hands, who's God calling you to share this message with, and how is God inviting you to be a part of his mission. Um, So let's spend a few minutes talking together.
0: All right, I hope that each of you had a name of someone you want to share this message with. If, if all of a sudden you're hearing this message of hope for the first time today, or maybe hearing it and it's hitting you in a different way and, and Jesus is really speaking to your heart, I just wanna tell you that, that there is a God who gave himself up for you, who died for you, loves you more than you ever can imagine, and it's his desire to be in relationship with you. He's calling you to join him, to be with him, and, and to join him in his mission. And so if you're hearing that message for the first time, or it's hitting you in a new way, like, you can come talk to us. You can talk to Pastor Tamil. We'd love to pray with you. And I hope for, for everyone else that, that there is someone that God is calling you to because we have been given this message of hope, not just for ourselves, but, but to multiply, to pass it on, to share hope with those around us. And we are living in a time and in a place where the people around us desperately need hope. They desperately need Jesus. And this is why we're here. And I think God wants to work through each and every one of us and and to bring more people into his kingdom to have them experience true peace and true life. And so so you have been placed in your schools, your workplaces, your family with your friend for a purpose. And God is going to use you. We are called to be on mission with Jesus, and so I just want to invite everyone to stand up right now if you're able to, stretch out a little bit, wiggle, dance, whatever, wake up, and we're going to just like lay your hand on your neighbor or stretch it out, whatever you're comfortable with, and we're going to just spend some time in prayer, asking God to remind us of the gospel, to give us courage, to empower us to carry his hope to the people in our lives. So let's pray. God, we just thank you so much for this church family. We thank you for what you're doing in and through this family here at Evergreen Heights and and all of the the circles of influence that each of these people represent in their schools, their families, their friends, their co-workers. God, there is a huge mission field just right out those doors waiting for us and waiting for this message of hope. And so, God, we just want to say here we are, available to be used by you Would you fill us to full measure with your Holy Spirit? Would you empower us to go out and boldly proclaim truth, to share your love, to share the hope that we have? We're celebrating so much to be thankful today, and the biggest reason is you, Lord, and all that you've done. There is no greater gift, and our hearts overflow with gratitude because of who you are, but that is something far too good to keep to ourselves. And so, God, would we go out And would we be your ambassadors, would we be your light to the people of Simcoe, Ontario, and beyond, to the ends of the earth? Father, would you fill us, and would you use us powerfully? And we believe that this church is going to multiply and double in size, because you are on mission, and you are drawing people to yourself. Thank you, Lord. Amen.
1: Amen. You guys can take a seat. We just want to say a massive thank you. Uh, to all of you, to you as individuals and you as a church. Thank you guys for standing with us for so many years, for supporting us uh, and praying for us and talking with us. And um, and we also want to say that on behalf of the team that we re- represent, right? Because you are uh, supporting them. You're supporting their ministries. You're supporting their training. You're supporting all these different things. And, you know, it's it's our privilege to be able to Speak these words on their behalf as well, so we thank you we thank you so much for how you've um, partnered with us and with the ministry in Thailand and Myanmar. Um, we want to just keep that relationship going strong and so we thank you guys for uh, a fantastic seven years and many more in the future um, and we want to say there's if you you know if you want to continue to hang out with us we're going to be At the back, uh, by our table, and also like Pastor Tamil said, this coming Wednesday, we're going to be cooking up some Thai food, and we hope uh, you can come out, because we'll be sharing some more stories, lots more stories, lots more uh, testimonies of what God's been doing uh, in a bit more of an informal setting, and also, did I mention Thai food? (laughs) And also, we'll be talking a little bit about our coffee company, which... The ministry has a coffee company, and we'll be raffling off some free coffee. So that's a thing as well. You could come out. So website, right? Put in your name on the website. And if you want to find out other ways to help us and support us and kind of be alongside us in this journey, you can sign up for our newsletter. Uh, Please grab a prayer card. And, uh, you know, we're always looking for more people to join our support team, whether that be prayer or finances or uh, just... Uh, holding us up before before the Father. Yeah, and so we just want to say thank you again. Uh, bless you guys, and happy Thanksgiving.